At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It is our final hour of VSIN Live Bet Saturday here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I am Danny Burke, your host. Joining me, as he has been, of course, all morning into afternoon, it is Adam Burke out there in Las Vegas. We are the Burke brothers, right? The long lost stepbrothers, hence the sweater vest. We are paying homage to the movie Step Brothers. And if you're watching us right now, the Burke Brothers, there you go. Our face is perfectly put on uh, <laughs> the portrait that they took, Dale and Brennan. So uh, we're trying to replicate that as best as possible. Hopefully we didn't do too poor of a job. But, uh, Adam, look, let's get this final hour kicked off with some college basketball lines that are about to tip off themselves. Uh, you and I were talking about this Alabama game a little bit earlier in the show on the road against Oklahoma and you wanted to hit on it at the beginning of last hour because you saw this line dip down to about five in the hook and you still see that available at several shops but uh, just to reiterate your thoughts on this game and what kind of worries you about the Crimson Tide yeah this line pretty much five market wide as it's getting ready to tip here and you know look I I agree with what Aaron Torres said and I kind of talked about that a little bit that you know Alabama is an elite defensive team and and he brought up a great point about their ability to offensive rebound that's something that you know is very beneficial for you particularly in the tournament if you're going to miss threes which is what Alabama will do they will miss threes they're not going to shoot 100% from three being able to get some of those misses back and be a good offensive rebounding team is really really helpful but again I think you know you kind of look at the line movement in today's game and it suggests you know, some sharp activity on Oklahoma being the sharp side in that game. It is a unique venue for Alabama to travel to as a team that shoots a bunch of threes. And Oklahoma is a team that, 
look, they're not playing well in Big 12 play. And maybe this is kind of a commentary on the Big 12 versus the SEC. Maybe people don't think the Big 12 is is you know quite as good, or maybe they don't think the SEC is quite as good. Those are always interesting with these challenge series. But there's some people out there with some influence that like Oklahoma in this game. So is that a commentary on Alabama maybe being a little bit of a flawed team? Is that just about the unique spot in the middle of conference play? I guess we'll see how this game plays out, but the money was obviously right in this Creighton game. It's become a blowout, so we'll see if the money is right in this one. All right, we'll also see if the money's right in this next one. Iowa State and Mizzou. So uh, you and I, even though we're long-lost stepbrothers, we're button heads on this one, buddy. And uh, we saw Mizzou as high as a two-point underdog. couple shops have it at a pick, but most of them have Iowa State as about a one-point favorite as Iowa State does travel to Mizzou looking to get a nice little win there and add to their candidacy of being one of the top teams in the country. But, uh, Adam, yeah, so I'm on Mizzou. I took two points with them. I think the home court advantage will prove to give them the benefit. I think their offense will do enough to overcome Iowa State's top-tier defense. And, uh, look, Mizzou's defense themselves is nothing to write home about. But, again, I think Mizzou's offense will be able to find a way, make the necessary adjustments in the second half in Iowa State I just kind of see them faltering in this position. But uh, you think opposite here, and uh, and a big reason why, Adam, and you could speak more to it, of course, is the the, uh, defensive rebounding you were alluding to earlier in the show. Yeah, Missouri's is not a good defensive rebounding team, and Iowa State, a very good offensive rebounding team. Both these teams force a ton of turnovers. Both these teams force the opposition to shoot a lot of threes as well. So there is a degree of variance to this game. Will one team take care of the ball better than the other one? Will one team shoot better? than the other one because Iowa State, 45.8% of their shots against have been threes this year, Missouri 43.7%. So again, these two teams force teams to shoot from the outside. They force a lot of turnovers. This is a game with a high degree of variance to it, but I think the offensive rebounding edge for Iowa State is something that I think is really important to point out here. And also, you know, for Missouri, it's just they don't defend the three well. So I think that that gives Iowa State a better chance at making some of those long-distance shots. So You and I are opposite, albeit at different numbers on this game. I took Iowa State minus one. You've got Missouri plus two, and uh, we'll do the bragging rights. Maybe we can do a uh, sweater vest swap (laughs) next time you're in Vegas about this game. (laughs) That's right. We'll have to hold it up. We'll get the picture going, sign it, and everything. That'll be perfect. (laughs) That would be fantastic. Uh, Adam, we briefly touched on this next game, Marquette and DePaul. Uh, We didn't have a lot of time to get into it, but it looks like Marquette's going to close as about a nine and a half point favorite. Only one book in your neck of the woods had Marquette as a nine point favorite. Total bumped up from 153 and a half up to 155. I didn't do anything pre-flop, but I like the idea of trying to get a better number on DePaul throughout the course of this game. If I can get them in double digits, which I am sure you will get considering Marquette is considered a pretty sizable favorite. Uh, So if they get up to some kind of sizable lead, the numbers will certainly adjust. But you made a good point when looking into this game. Man, I mean, regardless of the situation, it's hard to cover double-digit points in a game that, you know, like basketball in general, such a game of runs, especially with the variances college kids present with familiar teams. Yeah, I think one thing to keep in mind here, and, and this is important. Again, you're trying to handicap almost 150 games here on Saturday. I do think specializing in certain conferences is a really good idea, and I've not had a good handle on the Big East so far throughout the the two months or so I've been handicapping this college basketball season. But one thing I think is interesting is looking for context clues in the lines. 
So this total was already high in the 153 and a half range, got bet up to 155. Now, a higher scoring game benefits a team like Marquette, right? They're the number one team in the country in adjusted offensive efficiency. According to Bart Torvik, they're the number one team in two-point percentage. They're shooting almost 61% on two-point shots. If this is going to be a high-scoring game, it favors Marquette. And the way that you can cover a big number is to play a game with a high tempo and to be the better offensive team in that game. And Marquette's a little bit better defensively as well, largely because they force a lot of turnovers. So if they're getting the turnovers, they're a very efficient offense. That's the path for them to cover this big number here. So we saw the total go up a little bit. We didn't see the side move much at all. But if I had to do something with this game, and it's already tipped off, but if I had to do something pre-flop, it probably would have been actually laying the number with Marquette the more I kind of dig into it and read into what that move on the total means. All right, Adam, we got a game to look forward to in about 10 minutes. We'll have tip off with Houston hosting Cincinnati. So Houston defeated the Bearcats the other week on the road. I think they won by 13 is what it came out to. And now you see the Cougars is about a 14 point favorite across the board. Houston's defense, absolutely incredible. The second fewest in the nation, allowing just 54.2 points per game. Again, it's a lot to be laying here. But do you have enough confidence in Cincinnati to take now what we're seeing up to 14 in the hook on the road? Well, the thing about the first game is Houston got inside a ton. They had eight dunks in that game. They had 25 shot attempts at the rim. Meanwhile, Cincinnati, zero dunks, 16 shot attempts at the rim. They had to settle for shooting a lot of threes. They were nine of 26 from three in that game. Houston only had four free throws, by the way, and they still won that game by 13 and led by as many as 20 in the second half. And this is a Houston team that, you know, I mean, look, they're so good defensively. They do such a phenomenal job defending the interior. I worry a little bit about them going forward because they take a lot of mid-range jump shots, and those are typically low percentage shots. You're better off just stepping back a few feet and shooting a three than you are taking a mid-range jumper. But it's hard to argue with what Houston's done here throughout the season. I mean, they're a top 10 team in both offensive and defensive efficiency. They beat Cincinnati by 13 in the first game, despite not getting to the free throw line pretty much at all. It's hard to see why this game today would go differently. But again, I mean, you talk about a team as dominant as Houston is, you wind up being forced to lay really big numbers with them in a situation where maybe they call off the dogs a little bit as they did in that previous meeting, as I said, leading by as much as 20 and then winning the game by 13. All right, Adam, I want to ask you about this matchup that's going to start uh, 2 o'clock my time, noon your time, and it's Duke and Georgia Tech, because I'm sure we really won't get to this later in the show. Duke's looking like they're getting some steam in the market, opened as low as 7, now about 9 across the market. Uh, Duke's looking to beat Georgia Tech for the 16th time the past 17 meetings. Of course, this is a completely different Blue Devils team and a team that has struggled on the road. They're 0-5 against the spread in road spots. 2-8 2-8 and eight against the spread their last 10 games. Obviously, the Yellow Jackets struggling themselves. They've lost their last six games. They're 1-9 in conference play. Is, despite Georgia Tech struggling, like, is it enough to put your money on Duke? Because to me, I can't trust them in any situation on the road based on what we've seen. Well, there are a couple of metrics that I, I really like to look at a lot, and one of them is points per possession. And when you look at Georgia Tech, They have not had at least a point per possession since January 4th against Miami. They were well below that in the last game against Clemson. They're not scoring. And the way that you play with Duke is you've got to keep up with them, right? They have so many different ways that they can score. 
they're looking a lot better now that Jeremy Roach came back. He's a guy that really sets a lot of things in motion for them. And Georgia Tech has been really awful defensively in the last four games. So it's one where you kind of look at recent form for these two teams. And and Georgia Tech is struggling. Duke is a team that's still trying to find its way. But I think people look at Duke as a team that will struggle against comparable or better competition, but has the upside to blow out inferior teams. And make no mistake, Georgia Tech is a very inferior team, especially with the way they're playing on both ends of the floor right now. Some quick updates here. Missouri up 8-6 to six over Iowa State. Total now up to about 144 with a little bit of juice to the under. I'm seeing in my neck of the woods in Illinois in terms of the live betting market. Alabama trails Oklahoma 7-6. to six. And uh, Texas Tech and LSU underway. We didn't really touch on that game, but the Red Raiders up 8-7 to seven over the Tigers. Two and a half is what Texas Tech is laying. And the live total about 135 for that game. And Adam, really quick, because this game has spread implications coming down to the wire. West Virginia up 79 to 75 over Auburn. I believe that game closed four. So it's coming right down to it, my man. Yeah, the last two minutes of this game has taken about 25 minutes. There's been clock reviews, bunch of fouls, everything else. Uh, Good on you if you bet the over in this one, though. Yeah, how about it? You're feeling good pretty much the whole way if that was the case. All right, folks, we are going to step away for a few moments. When we return, Ben Brown of PFF will be joining the show. You know we're going to be talking plenty of NFL. We've got the AFC and NFC Championship, what sides he likes, and what props he's going to be playing for tomorrow's action. That coming up next, Adam Burke and Danny Burke here on Beeson Live Bet Saturday. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people 
I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSAN, the sports betting network. Welcome back in, folks. It is VSAN Live Bet Saturday here on VSAN, the sports betting network. I'm Danny Burke, your host, live out of Chicago at Danny Burke Fiverr. You can follow along on Twitter. Adam Burke alongside over there at Circa in Sin City at Skating Tripods, where you can catch him on the tweets. Adam, man, we've talked plenty of college hoops, and I know you and I still have more plays to go throughout the day, so we'll be sure to hit that toward the end of this hour. But let's go ahead and transition to the gridiron, talk some more NFL Championship Weekend action. Our guy Ben Brown of PFF hopping on with us. And Ben, I know you've got plenty of action as you always do. Uh, Let's go ahead and kick things off in the NFC where we see Philadelphia mostly as a two and a half point favorite across the market. Although it did hit three in a couple spots, but immediately has been brought back down. So two and a half, Philly's the favorite. Total at about 46 and a half hasn't really moved since the opener of 45 in the hook. What stood out to you about both of those numbers and what do you like with them? Yeah, I I do really like the fact that you brought up the test of minus three. I think that was kind of an interesting sequence with, you know, the the number very much uh, seeming to get plenty of resistance with the 49ers getting quite a bit of backing at that plus three number. So it'll be interesting if the market kind of gravitates towards that once again during kickoff. It doesn't seem to be. But for my for my money in this handicap, you know, it it very much is going to kind of come down to the scripted play set. Both teams offensively and defensively have been really good on their first subset of plays, Uh, you know, for the 49 specifically that's very much where Kyle Shanahan's you know aura and and magic and everything else kind of shine through I think the the 49ers basically like the fifth best passing offense from an EPA perspective on those scripted plays but you know very much have a difficult match against the Eagles who I think are like the second best in EPA allowed per pass attempts attempts so uh, I think that if the 49ers struggle to move the ball effectively early on that's going to probably continue on throughout the entire game I very much think that the 49ers are, are going to need to play from ahead if they are going to manage to pull out this game and get into the Super Bowl. So if they kind of struggle on that scripted play set, uh, I very much think this is a spot where the game gets a little bit out of hand. The Eagles very much kind of have that dominant performance like they get did against the Giants last week and very much, I would say, control the line of scrimmage with the Russian attack, uh, you know, the read options and those sorts of things because the, the, the 49ers have been good from a rushing run defense perspective, but when they have faced off against some of these mobile quarterbacks, those have been their worst PFF graded games of the season from a run defense perspective. So I'm going to see, I expect to see that play out again. They are going to have to key in on Jalen Hurts. So I do expect maybe, you know, a, a Miles Sanders type game to kind of be in the cards for the Eagles, especially if they do jump out to an early lead. So Ben, as you said, you are looking at the under in this game. And I agree with you. It's, it's about the only play that I have pre-flop uh, in terms of, you know, straight bat side or total uh, for the games here this weekend. But Does that also filter into your prop betting strategy here, kind of the expectation of a low-scoring game? 
Yeah, yeah, very much. I do think if you kind of expect the the choppy start, obviously the under is very much going to be in route. But I also think, you know, uh, the, there's certain situations, I would say, in the passing game that, you know, very much people are gravitating towards. I do. It does seem like a lot of people are, you know, expecting A.J. Brown to have a big game, you know, whether he gets to match up against Domador or the Nor or not. But I think outside of the Nor, like the the 49ers secondary has been quite stout. And I do I do think that on the flip side, the Eagles secondary, you know, very much matches up as probably the best unit against the San Francisco 49ers attack that doesn't really have just one guy that, you know, can potentially beat you. They have a number of guys, but I do think, you know, the way in which they play coverage with James Bradbury and Darius Slay, like that's going to give their wide receivers fits. So unless it's coming from, you know, a, a guy like George Kittle or Christian McCaffrey, I do expect the 49ers to struggle to move the football. And, and that very much is playing out in some of my props. Like one of my favorite props last week was Brandon Ayuk under three point five receptions. I I expected, you know, Trayvon Diggs to kind of travel with him and him to kind of once again be an afterthought in this matchup. But I think his matchup with either one of James Badbury or Darius Slay, you know, is very much going to be a spot that the 49ers potentially avoid. So he has been the guy from, you know, a high A dot type throw situation. But I just don't expect those to be completed with Brock Purdy this particular week. So I do lean under for him. And then, you know, kind of pivoting off of a popular play, I do expect the Eagles uh, to not only focus on the run, but also be more efficient or, or effective throwing the football to some of their wide receivers like A.J. Brown, like Devontae Smith. So I do think Dallas Goddard probably takes a back seat in this one after kind of having that blow up game in the division round. So him to go under 4.5 receptions, I, I would maybe lean towards the over for like AJ Brown or something like that. But kind of like what you said, like if you do like the under in this matchup, uh, I very much think pressing on some of those player prop unders as well, very much kind of fits that narrative and probably is the best approach I would say to betting this matchup. So Ben, you talk about those props and one that stood out to myself when looking at uh, your plays, Christian McCaffrey under his rush attempts at 13 and a half. So it's kind of funny because I, I didn't end up playing it, but I was looking at that and I was contemplating actually going the other direction and looking at the over. But then I think there's too many things that can maybe draw you back from him getting there, whether it's you're concerned he's a little banged up. And that's not even necessarily too much of it for the devil's advocate side, maybe Elijah Mitchell getting more reps. Maybe the 49ers are going to be trailing and have to throw the ball. But the reason that I initially liked the over is because the 49ers, you would imagine, would want to alleviate some of the pressure off of Brock Purdy, try to get one of your best skill players involved as much as possible against the weakest part of the Philadelphia Eagles, which is their run defense, right? I mean, they're allowing about 4.7 yards per rush attempt, and you would imagine probably they would try to get that instilled right away and it doesn't necessarily mean that will persist through the latter half of the game again i stayed away but what was your main reasoning for thinking he's not going to get enough action to push him over that prop yeah definitely so i i think i think it's really two things and you definitely touched on both of them but one you know eliza mitchell is still very much involved at least in the running game so you know throughout the two games that they've had from a playoff perspective like christian mccaffrey has 39.7 percent of the team rush attempts eliza mitchell right behind him at 38.1 so McCaffrey only has one more carry than Eliza Mitchell. I do think very much like they they he is kind of the key to them actually being efficient offensively. But I do think it's going to be more of the the screen game out of the uh, out of the backfield. Some, you know, some like dart type routes out over over the middle as well. I do think that through the passing game is going to be the spot where they kind of want to manufacture some targets for him and then maybe give him a breather with Eliza Mitchell, which is kind of seems to be their approach. So that's the that's the main driver of it. But then like going back to it, like 
I, I do expect the Eagles to maybe be playing from a lead when they do. They are very much this bully-type bully ball, controlling both sides of the line of scrimmage. You know, And, and if that happens, uh, the 49ers are going to have to shift to the pass game. So I do think some low dot targets are definitely going to go in Christian McCaffrey's direction. But when they do... You know, he's he's probably going to get off the field for a quick breather and kind of have Elijah Mitchell, I would say, dominate more of the rush attempt shares, which is kind of what we've seen, I would say, through the first two weeks of the playoffs for them. A few minutes left in the segment here, Ben. Let's talk about the AFC Championship game where Patrick Mahomes not on the injury report. That was some news that came out here today, which I think is fascinating because we all know that he's less than 100% here. But what are you thinking about this game? Do you feel like you're confident enough in the status of Patrick Mahomes to fire on the Chiefs? Are you looking for points in this game? How are you breaking it down? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm try, trying to talk myself into it. I think early in the week, my approach is very much going to be like, I, I want to see the first drive. I want to see the first couple of drives. Yeah, I even want to see maybe some, you know, movement, uh, you know, pregame with him throwing the football and just kind of see, you know, how he looks. It would be, it is going to be really interesting that first time that pressure comes, like whether he does try and move and step up or move outside the pocket and kind of extend the play like he has been doing in previous situations. So I, I was very much waiting for that. But, you know, the, the, the complete bullishness of the Chiefs kind of coming back from that plus two and a half spread. I think, although it's, oh, it's you know, there's no like concrete knowledge of him being or where he's going to kind of fit in this like effectiveness rating or effective effectiveness scale. Like it very much seems like the market's kind of buying into it. So although I probably missed the best of the number on the Chiefs, I still I, I still think, you know, maybe playing something pregame, it, given the spread movement has given me enough confidence. But I, I also think like even with the, you know, 75 to 80% patch Mahomes, like the Chiefs, can beat this Cincinnati Bengals team. So I do think, you know, anything below, you know, the minus two and a half, minus three numbers that we might be drifting up towards if the market kind of continues to move in that direction, uh, I would say are probably still going to surface and and very much might be like the worst of it. But I think right now at minus one and a half, like I'm confident enough and what the expectation is for Patrick Holmes to probably lock in that number. Ben Brown, ladies and gentlemen, you could follow him on Twitter at Ben Brown underscore or BFF underscore Ben Brown, pardon me, had the inverse of that. But Ben, hey, my guy, we always appreciate you taking some time. Thank you for dishing out some awesome content. Best of luck with all your action you got tomorrow, my friend. Yeah, thanks, guys. I didn't get to comment on it, but I love I love the the vests. I love the Step Brothers <laughs> Raj with the with the Burke connection and everything else. So good luck <laughs> to you guys' bets. I'm going to be sweating uh, and tailing some of these uh, college player college uh, college opportunities. I would say coming up here on Saturday as well. So I appreciate I appreciate the plays. Hopefully they do good for all of us. Hey, love it, man. And thank you for the compliment. I think that's the first one we got, Adam. You know, we we were overdue for it, right? You know, at least uh, give us an applause. For, uh, the effort we put out there. Maybe it doesn't look as good aesthetically, but you know, we, we, we put some effort out there, but, <laughs> Adam, uh, I, you know, I thought what was really interesting too, talking about Patrick Mahomes and his health and you brought it up and I know we'll expound on it later, but man, I mean, Hey, he's not on the injury report and that's not stopping Ben from being bullish on this chiefs team. Yeah. Travis Kelsey now dealing with the back thing. That was something that came out within the last 24 hours too. So that'll be something to monitor as we get closer to kickoff. No doubt, no doubt. All right, my man. Well, when we come back, we'll still get back into the college basketball realm. We've got some plays we haven't discussed yet. We'll look at the in-game market, and then we will also deliver more of our NFL Championship weekend bets. All of that coming up next here on VEASAN Live Bet Saturday. This is Live Bet Saturday on VEASAN, the sports betting network. 
If you're looking for a betting edge, VEASAN's experts have you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today for a special introductory price of $9.99 and you'll get access to the best betting talent in the game. Only VEASAN Pro subscribers get everything we do to make you a better sports better, which includes our pro tools like our exclusive betting splits, showing you where the percentage of money and wagers on major markets are moving in real time. Plus, you get pro picks, which consists of a daily recap of all the top plays made by VEASAN hosts and guests, pro tips, which we update every hour with actionable insights to up your betting game. With all of that, you also get 24-7 video channel. Pro subscribers also receive VEASAN betting guides previewing major sports and events. So visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe right now, and you can sign up for only $9.99 and become part of the Sports Betting Network. That's VSIN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back to it. It is VEASAN Live Bet Saturday. I am Danny Burke, live here in Chicago. Joining me out in Las Vegas, it is Adam Burke. We are the Burke Bros, the long-lost stepbrothers, and we have plenty more to discuss before we exit out here on this Saturday afternoon. So big shout out to Ben Brown for hopping on over at PFF. Does great work, so make sure to check all of his content out, covering all the NFL action. And uh, we finally started diving into some of the NFL props. So Adam and I are going to spend a little bit of time on that. And Adam, we might as well begin in the NFC seeking out some of these props. And uh, let's go ahead and begin with these quarterbacks. Brock Purdy going up against Jalen Hurts. Passing yards for Brock Purdy, we see at 222 and a half. Jalen Hurts at 250 and a half. Passing touchdowns, both respectively at one and a half. Completions for Purdy, 19 and a half. For Jalen Hurts, it's 21 and a half. Pass attempts for Purdy is 31 and a half. Pass attempts for Hurts is 32 and a half. I'll let you go first. Uh, any of those seem attractive to you, whether from the over or under standpoint? Well, I, I think that it's kind of challenging to handicap a lot of the prop things with all four of these teams because these guys spread the ball around so much. There are a lot of different ways they can run their offensive schemes and scripts and everything like that. But when you look at this game, I think if Brock Purdy goes over 222 and a half, something's kind of gone wrong here for the 49ers. It either means that they're playing catch up and you want to think about game state when you talk about props. You want to think about, you know, will this be a situation where you know, the 49ers are playing from in front. Well, they shouldn't need Purdy that much. Are they playing from behind? They're going to need Purdy a lot. So you start thinking about in your mind how you expect this handicap to go. And I feel like the best case scenario for San Francisco is for Purdy to be under because it means that they're having success running the football. Or maybe, you know, he winds up with a lot of yards after catch. So I think Purdy's a really challenging guy to figure out. I do think that Jalen Hurts will have to use his legs a bit in this game. And he looked a little bit timid doing that against the Giants in his first game back. But with Nick Bosa coming off the edge, with what San Francisco is able to do from a coverage standpoint, Hertz is going to have to extend some plays, have to find ways to get guys open. I'd be looking more at Hertz's rushing props than I would be any sort of big game out of him from a passing standpoint. So the one set kind of makes some waves for me. I'm, I'm kind of seeking out Brock Purdy as well. And, Maybe his attempts I would consider going under. Now, this isn't anything I bet or necessarily am going to bet. But, you know, when you look at Brock Purdy's sample size, I mean, against Dallas, 19 of 29, 214 yards. All right. So he didn't light it up in the passing game against a really good defense. 
But let's not forget Philadelphia as one of, if not the best pass defense in the NFL. Seattle, he went 18-30 for 332 yards. All right, so we racked up the yards, but it still wasn't a frequent amount in terms of completions and in terms of attempts. And based on what I was saying last segment with Ben Brown, at least the way I think San Francisco is going to look to attack this at the beginning stages of this game would be to capitalize on the ground effort. How efficient can they be with their running scheme? We know Kyle Shanahan loves to implement that in the first place, and I think that's going to be exaggerated out of the gates because you want to take some of the pressure off of Brock Purdy in this high-intensity game. I mean, he was Mr. Irrelevant. Yes, he's won two playoff games, but now you're going in a true difficult road environment in Philadelphia with making the Super Bowl on the line. And you can get some of your best skill players involved in that regard in Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, and Elijah Mitchell. And Philadelphia, as good as they are in the passing effort defensively, they really struggle against the run. They're bottom tier in terms of DVOA run defense. They allow opponents about 4.7 yards per rush attempt. And when you look at the formula to keeping it close and or beating Philadelphia at several instances throughout the season, it's been by controlling time of possession and handing the ball off frequently. Now, Adam, I always refer back to this game because I remember I took a Brian Robinson prop in it, and that was the first loss of the season for the Eagles. I didn't expect them to lose, but I thought because the numbers had been adding up that Philadelphia's weakest part was a run defense, and even uh, Damian Pierce with the Texans had a good game against them, and you saw the pattern kind of leading up into it, and that's what the commanders did. They handed the ball off a ton. They kept the ball out of the hands of Jalen Hurts for a lot of that game. Now, I'm sure at some point the Eagles will be able to contain it. They'll be able to limit it, scheme against it, adjust, whatever you want to call it. But I think that will do enough to maybe keep Purdy under his pass attempts. The caveat to that is, well, hey, if you think the Eagles are going to win and it's going to be right from the start, at some point they will have to abandon the run effort and throw the ball. So that's what may get you. Um, but instead of doing that, you know, going over on the attempts for that reasoning, I would almost look at Purdy to throw an interception, depending on what the price is. I think we could maybe see that against one of the best, again, secondaries who are great at forcing turnovers. They get pressure on their opposing quarterbacks this Philly, which in turn helps them get a lot of these picks. So maybe over a half interception for Purdy and, you know, consider him under his attempts would be something that uh, I would teeter with. Yeah, I mean, look, when you think about Brock Purdy, this is a huge step up in class. I mean, last week was a big step up in class, too, going up against the Cowboys, and his numbers were fine. I mean, he took care of the football, which is really all you ask him to do with the other facets of this 49ers team. But, you know, he played a lot of bad defenses late in the regular season. Seattle is also a bad defense where he put up some numbers uh, facing them a couple of times. So, yeah, now he really faces an elite-level pass rush. But I want to move over to the AFC game for a couple of minutes mm -hmm. here because I think that's a really intriguing one now that – Again, Patrick Mahomes not on the injury report, which, again, I don't really believe that. But, you know, this is a really challenging game from a prop betting standpoint as well, much like the other one, because, as I said, these teams are capable of spreading the football around. They have a lot of different guys they go to. Now, Kansas City, of course, is Travis Kelsey heavy. And if his back issue is a you know serious concern, that's a big deal for them. And they're going to have to find different ways of moving the football. But the one that I noticed last week was when Mahomes was compromised, Jarek McKinnon had his biggest snap share of the season at 65%. Now, I know that Pacheco is the guy that runs the football for them. McKinnon is the blitz pickup guy, gets some touches here and there. But Mahomes is not 100%, as we've discussed already. I don't care if he's on the injury report or not. 
I think McKinnon gets a lot of snap share in this game. So I actually like him over his receiving yards, which was 28 and a half early in the week, got bet up to 30 and a half uh, at some of the books. But I think that's a guy, he's going to be out there a lot. They'll run with Pacheco, but when they're planning to throw or they expect a pass rush coming, McKinnon's going to be out there. So I think Jarek McKinnon over receiving yards with some screens, some swings, you know, Mahomes maybe extending a few plays. That's my favorite prop of the weekend here is, is McKinnon to be a factor in the passing game for the Chiefs. I like it. And hey, my favorite prop of the weekend also resides in this game. I'm going with Samaje Pirine over two and a half receptions at plus 125. Now, the reason that I fell on to betting Pirine, you know, a backup running back, so to speak, is because I noticed that Kansas City against running backs in the passing game have been susceptible. They're allowing opposing tailbacks to accumulate 6.6 receptions for over 47 receiving yards per game. Now, Pirine may be not the most consistent running back to utilize in the passing effort, but he did have five targets and five receptions at Buffalo. Earlier against Kansas City this year, he had seven targets and brought in six receptions for 49 receiving yards, albeit Joe Mixon was out of that game. But if they're going to utilize Joe Mixon a lot in the ground effort, handing it off to him, which I believe they will against a weaker Kansas City run defense, I think that will then implement Pirine into using him in the passing effort. And just to throw it out there again, it's not that much that's really having me bet it. But I thought it was interesting, too. Last year in the playoffs, he had three catches against Kansas City. But really, too, like looking at the now, you know, Kansas City's pass defense can be vulnerable themselves. But they're pretty good at limiting the big plays. 9.2 yards per completion is what they're allowing, which is third fewest. So if the offensive line with Chris Jones now going against them may be susceptible themselves to allowing the pressure and the coverage down deep is you know, bundled up, then you're going to look for the secure route in Samaj P. Ryan, who has gotten a lot more of the workload as of late. And the fact that it was plus 125, I just thought it was too juicy to pass up, Adam. I thought more like a pick em price would have been appropriate, but plus 125 was pretty juicy. So I went with the over on that one. Yeah, I like this one a lot. First of all, Buffalo, since Von Miller went out, didn't get a lot of pressure. So they weren't really going to expose the patchwork offensive line. Also, if you have to keep up with Patrick Mahomes offensively, it probably means more Pirine as a receiver. So I like that one quite a bit. It's a good thought from you. That's what I like to hear. All righty. We got one more segment, folks. Myself, Danny Burke, and we got Adam Burke, the Step Brothers, back in action for our final best bets before we head out. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network. Even a wager that misses can still be a slam dunk with BetMGM, an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. Place an NBA one game parlay wager with four legs or more, and if you miss one leg, you'll receive up to $25 back. Just opt into this promotion on BetMGM's app or website. With one game parlay, you can make selections within a single NBA game, including team and player props. So go ahead and take your favorite NBA star to score big, the home team to cover, and the over in points. Opt into the promotion, then place an NBA one game parlay wager of four legs or more. and You'll get up to 25 bucks back if you miss just one leg. So visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable fee fee bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. It is time for our final segment here on VEASAN Live Bet Saturday. Thank you for being with us, whether you're just joining or you've been hanging out with us a whole time or even periodically. Hopefully you've been having as much fun as we have been. I am Danny Burke live here in Chicago and Adam Burke alongside out there in Las Vegas. Remember, you can give Adam a follow on the tweets at Skating Tripods. Adam doing tremendous work at VEASAN. A bunch of write-ups. He'll have more coverage for college basketball coming soon and then How about some baseball coming right around the corner? Adam will certainly have you hooked up with that. As for myself, at Danny Burke Fiver, you can follow on the tweets. And for VEASAN, at VEASAN Live to get all of our content 24-7. So, Adam, uh, we kind of talked about some of our best bets for the NFL slate tomorrow. We touched on the AFC a while earlier Briefly on the NFC, I'll let you go first, my man. Uh, in summation, your bets that you have pre-flop right now heading into Sunday for all the NFL action. So under 46.5 in 49ers-Eagles, I think this is a challenge for both of these quarterbacks. You know, you've got 
Jalen Hurts didn't have to showcase much last week. I still question how healthy he actually is, and Brock Purdy stepping up in class once again. I honestly think that some alternate unders may not be a bad idea in this game. I think this could be maybe not 19-12, but 21-14, 21-17, something like that. I think it's a pretty low-scoring game here. I like the McKinnon over-receiving yards prop in the AFC Championship game, but look, these games are very tightly lined. Only the third time ever that both conference championship games have been lined under three, assuming that we stay under three here. And the money we saw in Philadelphia or on uh, San Francisco plus three almost immediately suggests we probably stay at two and a half. And also, you just look ahead. I mean, look at the futures market. It's the tightest spread between the favorite and the long shot that we've ever seen in conference championship weekend. So just not a lot of great edges to be had here. I know they're big games, but if there's no edge, you don't have to bet it. There's 150 college basketball games today. There'll be 160 next Saturday. There's always something to bet on. So don't force anything with these games where the lines are really tight and even the prop options are kind of tricky. Yeah, and then uh, the prop that you had, again, if you just want to restate that. Yeah, the McKinnon over receiving yards, 28 and a half. I just feel like McKinnon's going to be out there a lot as an extra blitz pickup guy, but that means he'll get chances with screens, swing passes, stuff like that in that AFC title game. Good stuff. All righty. Well, for the AFC, I've got the under 48 in that game. I think Cincy's defense will do enough regardless of the status of Patrick Mahomes to limit him. And then conversely for Cincinnati, their offensive viewpoint, I'm assuming, is going to be to attack the run defense at Kansas City. You saw them thrive by doing that with Joe Mixon against a better run defense in Buffalo. They were taking so long and controlling that time of possession that inevitably led to scores. And even if that's the case, I think it'll take enough time off the clock to where we could still have this game stay under. And it looks like there could be some wins in the double digits, which is never ideal if you want to go the opposite direction. But we have seen the past three games go over between these two teams. I'm just thinking it could trend in the other direction. So I bet under 48. I did P. Ryan over two and a half receptions at plus 125. We talked about that last segment. I won't go too deep into it, but I think they set up nicely against the Kansas City pass defense that allows opposing running backs over six and a half receptions per game. Again, if you want to hear more about it, you can listen to the replay of this show. You can also listen to VEASAN's Pro Football Betting Podcast, where Mike Palm and I give you all of our thoughts for the games and then, Adam, um, you know, we talked about this on Monday. I told you I was in a little bit of a dilemma in a sense because I had a futures ticket on the 49ers from a couple weeks before Garoppolo got injured at plus 550 for them to win the NFC championship. The thought being, I would assume they're a top team. They'd get there and I'd be sitting on a plus 550 money line ticket. Now, that is the case as they take on the Eagles. But look, all the reasons you stated, we've talked about, uh, Ben Brown talked about. I think the Eagles are the right side. So I am hedging, and I'm hedging in favor of Philadelphia, actually, so I can make a little bit more coin on the case of if the Eagles win. I did a money line price at minus 140. I am in a situation where I'm going to make money regardless, but to stand to make a little bit more on the side of Philadelphia. I know that uh, I was kind of picking your brain about that when we were recording on Monday, but that's ultimately what I'm going to do. I, I wish I got a better money line price, Adam, but minus 140 is the best that I saw out here. Yeah, I mean, you might have gotten something better on Sunday, you know, kind of getting that 49ers dog money line money because th this kind of almost sets up like if you want to bet San Francisco, you take the money line. You know, I mean, there's a chance this game falls one or two. If it gets to three, certainly you want the plus three. But I think a lot of people adopt the philosophy of anything under a field goal, they're just going to take the money line. So maybe you could have gotten a better price on Philadelphia on Sunday. But 
maybe not worth the risk there. You could have also taken Eagles to win the Super Bowl at another plus money price as kind of a hedge, but True. you know, it's uh those are always interesting questions, but hey, you're in a perfect situation where you make money either way, and that's really all you can ask for when you start setting up a futures portfolio. All right, Adam, now we got a couple minutes left. Uh, college basketball-wise, you and I have some action going on right now, but in terms of later in the day or even just coming up pretty soon, uh, you had some action in that Big Ten showdown with, uh, who was it? it? was Illinois and Wisconsin, is that right? Yeah, so I got Illinois here minus two in this game against Wisconsin at the Kohl Center. Uh, Wisconsin, I just don't think that they're a very good team. And I think Illinois, while they have struggled a little bit and the, the Big Ten is down as a whole, so maybe people are kind of you know looking down on, on the Illini at this point, but the Badgers just they don't get to the rim. They have a bottom 10 shot share in terms of percentage of shots that are close twos. Illinois, meanwhile, they get to the rim. They force a lot of mid-range jumpers on defense. I look a lot at shot selection in terms of what I'm looking to make a bet on. I think Illinois just has more looks at the rim here. I think they're just a better overall team. I know it's tough to play in Wisconsin, but I think Illinois is the side uh, in that one. I'll run through the rest of these real quick here. Uh, James Madison, I laid the double-digit number with them in their game against Louisiana Monroe. Louisiana Monroe just beat Marshall on the road in double overtime two days ago. They had all five of their starters play over 40 minutes in that game. Two of them played 50 minutes. So I feel like the Warhawks are going to be really tired against a James Madison team. Gets to the rim a lot. Very physical team. Good offensive rebounding team. So James Madison minus 12.5 on the board for me here as well. UTEP plus 7.5 against North Texas. North Texas plays at the slowest tempo in the country. So it's hard for them to cover bigger spreads. I wish the spread was bigger. It was nine yesterday when I first looked at it, but I can't really release the article on overnight lines. But North Texas struggles to cover big numbers because they just play at such a slow pace. UTEP forces a lot of turnovers as well, so I think they can keep that game close. And then lastly, uh, Northern Colorado and Northern Arizona in the Big Sky Conference here. Northern Colorado is a team that takes a lot of threes. They live and die by the three. I talked about being worried about those teams earlier on in the show, but Northern Arizona is a pathetic defensive team against the three. They don't get to the rim at all. So Northern Colorado on the road here in Flagstaff. I took them plus two. So uh, Illinois minus two, James Madison minus 12 and a half, UTEP plus seven and a half, and Northern Colorado plus two, uh, the college basketball action I have for today. All righty, there you have it. Best of luck with all of those, my friend. Uh, in terms of what I got for the remainder of the day, just one Big Ten matchup at about 7 p.m. Central time, my time, of course, uh, five for you guys out there. Uh, Ohio State on the road in Bloomington against the Hoosiers of Indiana. IU opened up about four in the hook. You've seen it get as high, I think, as five and a half now is where you're looking at it. I laid four in the hook last night with Indiana. Look, they've got some momentum going their way. They've won their last four games. They played tremendously better at home where they have a plus 22 scoring margin compared to minus 2.3 on the road. And then you look at the Buckeyes, the team that just seems to be in shambles. They've lost their last four out of five games. They're one in five against the spread on the road. And they have just a .03 or 0.3 scoring margin on the road compared to plus 20 at home. Seasons have completely different trajectories for both squads. Uh, I'm not usually a fan of laying like a spread of over like three or, you know, getting into this territory, even though it's not that high, just understand the volatility of basketball, especially in conference play for these college guys. 
But Indiana seems like they're on a different level right now than Ohio State and playing for a lot more in terms of what they can still accomplish this year. So I laid four in the hook with the Hoosiers for my last play in college basketball today. But Adam, my man, it was a pleasure as it always was. My long lost stepbrother, we pulled it off. We had the sweater vest. There's the picture, the Burke brothers in action. Great working with you, buddy. Always fun, man. Got it. That's going to do it for us here on VEASAN Live Bet Saturday. Stick here on VEASAN. Much more betting action coming throughout the entire day. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at thirty thousand feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus.